Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Here on Seek Reality, we've lately spoken with a number of fathers who had lost their subadult children in their teens, in their early 20s. We invited them to join us primarily because they had written wonderful books about their children, about the signs and messages they had received from them, and also about their own subsequent growth, which often has been amazing. Some of these dads have even been moved to begin wonderful additional part-time careers in helping other bereaved parents. Isn't that beautiful? We, could, we now know that we enter these earth lives as if we were coming to a spiritual gym. We need the negativity of life on earth to push against so we can better elevate our consciousness vibrations. That's why we come. There are many forms of negativity that we can push against. Perhaps the hardest to endure are tragedies and grief like this. We need to work very hard, though, to overcome, push against and overcome those awful, awful experiences. And as I say, some of these fathers amaze me. They have really, really triumphed. Of course we know when, when we lose a child, that our child is still fine, and we will see that child again, waiting for us where love never ends. And we're told, too, that people who die as sub-adults always, always are people who didn't need to live another full lifetime of spiritual lessons. And often you can see that when you go back and review the lives of these children. They're extraordinary people. And that's, I think that's kind of nice to know, but it's there's still no subject, no no substitute for having that child in your life. This, I, I, these people are very, very strong, and they've done some very tough things, and I salute them. And this week, we, are, we have with us another bereaved father who is with us now with a, for the fourth time. He's been very helpful to us in, in understanding, because he works with bereaved parents, what they go through and uh, just sharing with us his experience. David Allison is a is a friend of mine. He's very interesting. He's a software engineer, a consultant, and entrepreneur who has been building commercial software since 1984. My goodness, when God was a child. And he has founded some successful software companies. David has also been a writer and editor in the technology space for major publications. And he was just beginning, just beginning to bring his wonderful young son and namesake into what looks to, to me to be a, a very interesting work life. When on July 20th, 2016, Davy Allison died in a car crash at the age of 24. David's, David's book about his experiences and about losing Davy is called Finding Davy. And I read, of course, everything that uh, I, we ever talk about on Seek Reality. I think this is the best of a really good bunch of books about what it's like to lose a child. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. And it details not just the experience of losing his, his son, but also the remarkable events that surrounded and followed that horrible, horrible tragedy. Actually, the, the whole thing has been such a transformative experience for David the Elder that he now mentors and assists other parents who have lost their children. Welcome, David. I'm so glad to have you back again. This is your fourth time with us. 
Yes, thank you, Roberta. I always enjoy uh, talking to you. You have such <laughs> a unique perspective, and uh, it's a refreshing and very hopeful perspective, which I, I love that you share it the way that you do. So, oh, thank you, sweetie. I so appreciate what you. I I, I, what I meant what I said about the book. I think that day, that Finding Davy is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's short. It's to the point. It's not dry, and yet it's not too emotional. It's really. And it's raw in some places. You really, you wrote it, I guess, not long after having lost him, because you can really feel the pain in in what you, some of the things you say. Well, yeah, the the book itself actually came to fruition as a result of journaling. I I spent a lot of time, you know, part of the healing process is really writing down what's happening. At least it was for me. I use that as a tool. Uh, initially, just to help me understand, was I actually getting any better? Because the initial stages of grief can be so profound that it can be very difficult to feel like you're ever going to be in a a good place. And so yeah. I found that by by uh, journaling the what was happening, what I was experiencing, I was actually creating uh, a story that I was able to see. You know, as I started to to heal from that grief and started to see things in a different light that it allowed me to, to be able to share it. And that was ultimately the goal of the book is to help parents and even people yeah. that have, that are just related to someone who's lost a child. It can be, uh, helpful as a guide to, to say, you know, what you're experiencing, you know, this is what I experienced. So it, if that relates, that can help. We, there are people listening now who probably didn't hear one of our other uh, previous uh, interviews. So maybe just for, for the, could you quickly kind of go over the experience, you know, what, what was going on that day and then talk about the first contacts you got from Davey, because I thought they were spectacular. Yeah. I, so uh, this, this all transpired, as you mentioned on July 20th, 2016. So uh, as we speak now, it's been about a little over four and a half years. And uh, uh, the experience of, uh, you know, having uh, police cars pull up in front of your house uh, oh, and, yeah. and walking up to you is just not, um, you know, it's a parent's worst worst nightmare. Yes. And the, it literally, uh, not just figuratively, but literally brought me to my knees as, as they gave me the news. And oh my um, God. everything turned kind of into a, a very, it, it became very raw. Um, and the first few days were just uh, uh, very difficult to, to even process, um, and especially because it happened so suddenly. I think the, the challenge for me in, in dealing with the grief um, immediately after that, I mean, I, I, I was working on a business with my son, uh, and so to have that void all of a sudden there yes. uh, was also you know part of the challenge. And uh, I also started to question everything. Um, you know, my uh, I was raised Catholic and I had a uh, I had drifted away from the church. And as a result, I didn't have a belief system that was very well defined. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm I'm an engineer. I, I'm very left brained. I'm very analytical. I'm highly skeptical. And as a result, I, I didn't have anything uh, spiritual, if you will, to grasp onto. But I could not shake the feeling that Davy was still around yes yes uh, and um as i mentioned the you know the book came out of me journaling and and so i had uh, begun the process of recording my thoughts 
thoughts and, and recording what was going on. And one of the, the therapies that uh, I had read would be helpful is to write a letter to the person that has passed. Uh, so you can feel that sense of communication. And I sat at my computer, the computer I'm sitting on right now, and uh, I started to try and compose a letter because I'm a computer guy. I'm doing it on my computer. Right. Uh, I'm trying to write him a letter and I just got stuck. I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to address it, let alone write it. And I sat here for two hours just sobbing. And finally, I I just said, I don't think I can. I wrote, I don't think I can do this. And immediately in my head, I heard Davy's voice and he oh. said, Dad, it's okay. I'm right here. And I wrote that down. And yeah. that conversation uh, is, is recorded in the book. And, and I, I had this beautiful conversation with him. And at the end of that process, as, as I wrote it down and, and I, I just told him how much I missed him and he, he explained, Dad, it's okay. I'm right here. I've never left you. It's okay. Don't worry. I'm fine. Everything's okay. Oh my goodness. Um, it was it was so gratifying and you know as a parent I I that was just a, a huge relief for me. I just started to doubt it immediately after it happened I started to doubt it. Did, did yes. that really happen? Was this a psychosomatic response? Was I just trying to rationalize something? And the more that I researched this and and your your writings <clears throat> the writings of so many other parents that have that have gone through this process there are so many spiritual uh works out there that help that that can provide assistance for parents that uh it allowed me to start seeing some of the things that he told me in that conversation i started to see in other texts i started to see in other writings and and getting that kind of validation yes reinforced for me that i did in fact have a conversation with my son and that yeah. started the process of establishing that relationship with him in spirit. So how did this affect you? You have two really gorgeous daughters and a beautiful wife whose name is Allison Allison, which yes. um, does, does she get teased about that? I, I, she all must. the time. I, I, Constantly. <laughs> oh, yes. And she blames it all on me. It's great. It's your fault. What is your <laughs> it fault? is, of course. They had. They were going through a horrible experience too. They were losing yeah. their brother, their son. How did they take this in the beginning? How did were they helpful to you? Were you helpful to them? Did this bring you together or drive you it, apart? It did. It brought us together in in different ways. You know, one of the things that happened on that day it wasn't Davy uh, that that died, if you will. And, and I yes. don't. I rarely use that term. Um, yes. It. But if you're going to use that term, you could use it as a an end to a, a physical existence. That's fine. Yes. It's an accurate representation. But in reality, you know, my wife died. I died. My daughters died. Every one of my friends died because the people that we all became as a result of that were completely different. Oh, oh, so, fascinating. OK. Yeah, it, it's, uh, how it, did it change? Everything them? changed. Well, you know, the you you have a completely different relationship. You you start to realize that the things that bind you together, so many of the, the things that we go through in life are part of tradition or part of, you know, the regular uh, routine aspects of life. And all of a sudden there yes. was this big gaping hole there. Oh, and boy. that first year of 
experiencing holidays or, you know, empty seats at the table or references to other other people's siblings or friends or watching, you know, his peers uh, move on with their lives and, and kind of watching that from a distance, it creates a very bittersweet and uh, challenging experience for everybody. So everybody had, you know, we all carried that uh, that burden with us initially. And that's one of the big challenges is, you know, how do you how do you carry that? How do you how do you do that? And, and so I watched my wife and my daughters carry their own individual burdens. And it was different than the burden I was carrying, but similar in the sense that we had this shared aspect of our lives that wasn't there anymore and, and learning to overcome that. Now, when did you find Helping Parents Heal? Uh, pretty quickly after uh, Davy's transition, and that's usually how I refer to yeah, it. Yeah, what I usually transition. say to his transition. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's true. Um, that's what it is. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, and and the uh, that group, the people uh, that had formed that group, um, the way the the people that are involved in that group uh, were just kindred spirits. They they obviously, you know, the membership is uh, you know, you don't want to have to pay the price to become a member of that group. Um, right. Right. But if you have, uh, then you find that, that there are so many people there that are just so generous and giving and uh, both of the their perspective and their time. Um, I I just had an immediate affinity for them. And one of the uh, people that kind of led me to that to them was Suzanne Giesman, uh, who is a, a really well regarded uh, medium. Yes, medium. Yes. Um, and she is uh, she's become a friend. She is amazing. Um, and she, uh, has been very active in helping parents heal. Um, her, her, uh, um, stepdaughter, uh, passed, um, oh gosh, now it's been, I think, uh, almost 20 years, 17 years. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and that, uh, that is what drew her into mediumship and everything else. So she, yes. she was, um, she's been very active in helping parents heal. And that, that's really what pulled me into that, that space. What what seems to me to be different about helping parents heal, and I I really respect enormously the people who are part of that group, is that they're not dour, they're they're and yet they're not fake cheery. What they try to do, I think, is to meet people where they are right now, and give them an alternative way to look at these things, but without pressuring them. In, in any way. So people can come along in their own way, in their own time, in their own space. Is that right? Is that, am I yes, right about that? Absolutely. You know, the, the idea is, um, you know, it's non-denominational. It's not, uh, it's not religiously oriented, but, but, you know, we very often have, uh, people that, that become part of our group that, that might, might have a strong religious belief system. And, and we ask them to say, just be open-minded as we talk and, and explore these things, because it really is ultimately every single person goes through this journey of life and uh, um, it, it's different. Every person is different and their journey is different. And, and I think the thing that I love about helping parents heal is that that's recognized up front. And it's, yes. and, and it's just a loving group that, you know, if you, if you're going to default to a single class of behavior, it isn't, you know, conform to this, believe this, do this. It's yes. just, I love you. 
I care about you. I'm here for you. And, and that's the feeling that you get with the, with that group. Um, it's and just, there are no, there are no feelings that you shouldn't have. If you are having a feeling, go with it and get rid of it or, or enhance it or whatever feels right to you. Um, I, whenever I, I have been to several meetings, I've spoken at some meetings of helping parents heal. And that's what always has struck me, how everybody is so supportive of everybody else and nothing is out of bounds. People can say what right. they feel the need to say. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, we have a we have a program uh, called uh, Caring Listeners, and and I've been a member of that for a while now. And it's uh, we make ourselves available to anybody um, free of charge. We just are available, and we answer emails, we answer phone calls, we set up and and meet with parents, and it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of in a one on one setting talk to parents and help them process this, and not yes. in a way that traditional grief counseling does, which tends to be very, um, very structured and, and in some yes. ways clinical. And I'm not trying to denigrate any kind of grief counseling at all. All of it is so important. But but being able to to offer opportunities and, and what I've found personally is that when I'm able to to share the experiences that I've had, especially as a left brained skeptical engineer. Yes. Right. It allows people to explore something that they might be doubtful of. And I've had many very left brain people come to me and say, I need to know how you did that because I want this, but I, I just don't buy it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe I, I can't go there. And, um, it's, those are some interesting conversations. I'm sure. Well, how, how does that turn out? If someone says, you know, I've lost my daughter, I've lost my son mm-hmm. and I just don't believe that they even exist anymore or they say uh, i um the the church what the church taught me makes me very uncomfortable or something i mean they're not comfortable sure. where their child is how do you help them well you know th- that's a great question if it, it really depends on the individual um you know i do more listening i mean we are caring listeners so a, a yes. lot of it is really trying to listen um and Really listening to what people say, you know, sometimes people will say, well, this is the belief system that I was raised with. And when somebody says that, you think, well, OK, is that how is that serving you? Is that does uh, that does that make you feel that you're that things are going down the right path? And if if not, are you looking for another path? So, you know, as opposed to immediately offering up, well, you know, they're not dead. And, you know, they're completely alive and, you know, everything's oh. there. If you do that, you have a tendency to just, you know, you're you're jumping to a place they may not be ready for. Yes. And, and you have to totally recognize yes. that you, you have to walk with them. You can't run way up ahead and say, come on over here. It's, it's all good here. Everything's fine. They have yeah. to go through the journey. And, and so sometimes it's just I am happy to stand right with you and walk with you for a while. Let me help you. Um, let me point a couple things out from where you are. And if you want to go down that path, I can help you. You know, that that's that's in a really generalized sense, the the bulk of that technique. It's well, just do, you, being there. do you do you find that they do grow from that kind of attempt to gently open them to other uh, options from what they have been thinking about or? Um, because I can't imagine being in that position and not, and feeling that your child has, is, is, is gone. That, that would be the purest hell that I could imagine. Well, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it is, um, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had when I, when 
you know, inevitably somebody finds out that you've lost a child, it, it comes up. You know, people yes. just ask you questions. Oh, how many kids do you have? And they probe a little bit more. And after a while, you kind of have to say, well, and and my son passed, you know, or he transitioned at this point or and Whatever. they yeah. most often I get, you know, I can't imagine. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you just you don't no, want to go no. there. It's no, not no, a, nobody signs up for that. But sometimes it well, finds you. I, I, you know, I don't know that that's uh, I would agree with that statement. I think that we do all sign up for this. I mean, oh, that's, that's right. The, that's, I should know better than to say that, because, <laughs> of course. But you don't remember you signed up for it. And uh, right. many people have told me that if they had been told this was what they had signed up for, they just wouldn't have made this trip. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a very hard thing. But, yeah, well, you're right. This is part uh, of the plan. Well, I think that's the that, that's the key to life, right? I mean, we all get handed challenges. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be losing yeah. a child. It could be losing a job, a relationship, a, um, you know, a, illness, a, right? A, it could be anything. It, right. it could be a sense of identity. I mean, um, we all go through these challenges, and I think the key to life is not what happens to you. It's how you react to the things that happen, and how do you become a better person as a result of that are the things that happen to you tearing you down are they the reasons for the challenges that you have in life or are they opportunities for you to find and grow as a person and you know everybody gets to make that choice doesn't matter what it is and right. what what one person goes through that could be really devastating might be trivial to someone else doesn't matter that each person's journey is their own um, you know, I had uh, I've had a number of parents. Uh, I shouldn't say parents. I should say people that um, didn't uh, early in the grief would tell me, you know, oh, my gosh, yes, I, I can't imagine what you're going through. I lost a dog and it was so. Oh, difficult. yes. And, oh, and so you yes. and, it, and initially that really fried my bacon. I was <laughs> just you have no <laughs> idea. But then oh. I started to realize, you know what? For them, that's the challenge that they're faced with. That's this right. is it. It doesn't matter. It, it's yeah. that the the you know. So we we have this um, human need to rate things and and put it against a scale. It's like, well, your grief can't be nearly as bad as my grief, and it's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> my I, this is my experience. It, yeah, and my experience is because oddly, uh, I wrote a blog post some years ago about um, when a child, when a, uh, a pet dies, mm -hmm. and as a result, I get a lot of emails. Still, years and years later, there are like hundreds of comments on that old blog post. But I hear from a lot of people who have just lost a pet, and um, I think it comes up must come up when people Google losing a pet, but. What I find is you if, if you didn't know we were talking about a pet, you would think it was a child. That is how deep in grief and often it's a guilty grief, too, because many of these times, many times they took the pet to the vet. And a lot of what I'm doing is just reassuring them that their pet is grateful and not upset that you helped him to leave. Yeah. So so you're right. There is no way you can shade grief and say somehow this kind of grief is worse than another kind. It's it's right. what people feel that matters. And, exactly. And it's not the it's not the the value of the of the person or entity that you're talking about, whether it's right. a child, a pet, a parent, a you know a, right. a treasured toy. I mean realistically it is how it makes you feel. It is the effect of the loss of that thing. That's right. really where the grief resides. And yes. you know, one of the healing properties of exploring spirituality, many of the things that you've talked about and, and written about uh, the the absolute 
uh, uh, wealth of references that are available. Um, you know, helpingparentsheal.org, uh, they have a book section and there are dozens upon dozens of yeah. books that are so helpful for parents that are going through that process. Finding the one that matches up with, yeah. with what you need is just, uh, it's just nice knowing that those resources are available. Yes, yes. And and you're right. There are some wonderful books. Another one I like to mention whenever I get to do it is Mikey Morgan's book that oh, yeah. he wrote with his mother. Um, I it, It's phenomenal because he's a very, very advanced being. So he tells us things about when he went home again after his brief lifetime here. Um, he tells us things that I have not heard anybody else in that position able to talk about because yeah. very few people are at that level of development. So I just put in a little plug for Mikey yeah. Morgan's book. It's a great like, book. Flying yeah. it is. Yep. One thing that you do is to help people communicate or learn to communicate mm-hmm. with the person with with the child that they've lost, just temporarily. Other side of the veil, they're not lost, but on yep. the other hand, you know, how do you communicate with them? Well, um, talk about that. Yeah. So we have uh, my wife and I formed a, a subgroup within Helping Parents Heal. It's a meditation group. And um, what we do is uh, so meditation and you and I have talked about meditation uh, in the past uh, is just uh, such a powerful vehicle for allowing yourself to get out of your own way and connect and be able to start uh, that that process of communication, being able to start to establish that relationship with uh, someone that is in spirit. And so our our meditation group and what we encourage parents to do is to start to build a relationship with that child in spirit. And, and we use the meditation group as a vehicle for doing that. And we do it with a purpose. And the purpose is to not only be able to connect with your child. It's one thing to say, you know, oh, look, I can communicate with them. Then what? Is it just to say hi? Um, what are you doing with that relationship? You know, you're you're obviously not going out to a restaurant necessarily and saying let's sit down and talk. It is, it is a spiritual relationship. It is a it is a mental relationship. How are you able to leverage that? And so what we've done is we've asked parents to to bind together with us in that group and and uh, we uh, we ask for people that are in pain a list of the names of those folks and we we you know present that on the screen during one of our our meetings and uh we ask the parents to connect with their children in spirit collectively as a group and to send healing energy to the people that are you know that are listed people that are in pain uh might be somebody that's in grief it might be somebody that's going through uh recovery from some physical ailment and uh it it gives us all an opportunity to kind of gather together as a group with our children and do something with that. And um, I think that's one of the things that we we really find powerful is it isn't just about, you know, you know, most parents, when they're first going through this grief, they just want to know if their child is OK. If they are in spirit, right. then I want to know if they're right. OK, because my religion said they could be in a hot place or my yes. religion. Oh, my said, yeah. you believe that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, there's you know, all the baggage of the belief systems have a tendency to affect that. I just need to know that they're OK. And, and it's that yeah. natural state that we have as parents. I felt that way, too. I want to know if he's OK. Is everything OK? Um, yes. that's a natural, uh, feeling. And, and so once you get beyond that, once you start to establish that relationship, it really is, what do you do with it? 
how do you how do you gain from that? Yes. How, how do you is there are is there something productive you can do? And that was uh, really the the genesis for us creating that group. And we've got a wonderful group. We've been meeting for a little over a year and a half now. Um, it's just a, a fantastic group of people that um, we get, and we get new members that join and people that that move on. But uh, it, it's a beautiful experience. Well, so what do you do with that relationship? What 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 are people doing with this relationship that they they're having through the veil with their with their child? What what are what are some of the things that people can do? I mean, can you go on a picnic and the kid is there, or or what 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 do you do? Well, I mean, realistically, the what I've uh, what I I can tell you what I've experienced, and then I can share some of the things that I've heard from other parents. Right. What I've That's personally great. experienced is Davy constantly reminds me, Dad, I'm still there. I'm closer to you now than I've ever been. I'm as yeah, much a part wow. of your life as I ever was. So when you're looking at something or enjoying something, I'm right there with you. I get to experience that oh. physical side through you now. And so that's where that that relationship is. So does he wow. go on picnics with us or Great. does he go places with us? Yeah, all the time. A lot of times he's sitting in boring <laughs> business meetings with me and it's like, can you believe that this is what we're doing right now? Um, so he's going to go into the business, and so he did. That was just, yeah. that's wonderful. Exactly, and he reminds me of that sometimes because the you know I'm still operating in some of the business space that that uh, that we were in together. Yeah, and you know it, it is it is amusing, but you know other things that I've heard from other parents is is just that sense of being close to their child having that child with them um, and feeling like they're a part of their lives yes. gives you a sense that it's going to be okay. You know, I, yes. I, Allison and I have been married now for coming up on 35 years and, and, you know, we don't have to talk a lot to feel that love and, and feel the, the warmth of the relationship. Yes. Um, just being in each other's presence. Uh, it, it's enough to feel like, okay, that person's there, you know, it's that sense of closeness and that's, uh, what I get. And it's actually helped me, you know, with my daughters as well. You know, one of my daughters, uh, uh Jocelyn, she moved off to St. Croix. She lives off in the rainforest of St. Croix. Oh my goodness. And, and wow. so I don't, Good don't get to see her too much, but, uh, you know, I feel a connection to her as a result of that. And, and Julia, she's, off in another state, I get to feel close to her as well. So, you know, you start to realize that this physical addiction that we have for being around people and and all of the things that we have, there's an energetic connection that's there. And it allows us to explore that, not just whether people are physically here or not. One One of the things you talk about when you talk to people is how they should communicate with with parents who have lost mm-hmm. a child temporarily. I mean, what mm-hmm. do you, what, how should you communicate with them? Because a lot of people feel to- totally tongue tied. They don't, yeah. they don't know what the right wrong thing is. And therefore they're scared to say anything. Yeah. And, and uh, I've, I've written on this topic as well. Um, it is something that, that I, you know, the thing I, I won't get into too much of what you shouldn't do, but I can tell you what you should do. You show up. Um, you, you just let the person acknowledge the person, um, let them know that you're there for them, uh, that, 
that, you know, put, don't put yourself in their shoes, you know, because if you do sometimes, I mean, I have had people say, you know, oh my God, that's the most horrible thing. And it's like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Um, if you're, if you're trying to say, if you, if you were to try and picture something that could be healing, what would that be? What would you want to hear? And the things that I wanted to hear is I'm here for you. I'm, what do you need? If you need anything, I'm here. And if that means that I just sit here quietly, I will sit here quietly. I don't have to explore anything. Um, but know that I'm, that I care about you. I love you. I'm here for you. And one of the things that I heard, uh, and it was the most gratifying things was from friends that said, I love you and I'm here for you. I'm a guy. We don't say I love you to other guys. You don't (laughs) do that. Right. You don't want to have people hear you say it anyway. Exactly. It's just not, you know, our culture is not set up that way. And so to have, uh, have people do that and, and just knowing that they were there, um, is just so, uh, it, it is very helpful. That's probably the most important thing, you know, trying, you know, trying to avoid comparing yourself or, you know, uh, saying, oh, I know exactly how you feel. Unless you've lost a child, you please don't say that. And I, I don't yeah. say that even to parents that have lost a child. I'll never tell another parent that has lost a child. I know exactly how you feel because no. I don't No. No, I can no. tell you how I felt. And if you draw any corollaries to that, if you see similarities and then you can use the techniques that I've used to heal, then great. But uh, what, what has seemed to me to be important when when anyone is in grief is to let them lead the conversation and not not try to. I mean, the, the impulse you have is to make it all better. Well, you can't make it all better. And so just simply being there and listening or and being still, as you say, just give being in their presence can be a wonderful gift because everyone wants this is like yeah it's unusual someone you know you just lost your husband you just lost your wife you just lost your child i I don't know anybody else who's in that position so people sort of want to be there and but then they want to take charge because they you know you're in you're in pain they don't want you to be in pain and that is a very hard impulse to fight Mm -hmm. down and kill but if once you do that you really can be it can be a great gift to just listen to whatever they say and validate it yeah Uh, yes that must have been terrible or or i i can't imagine what this or that that you're talking about felt like but i know it must have been very terrible and i know that you know you want to talk about it that's all yeah Yeah. um i i think the the key the the some of are like, you know, really strong. Like I've got a little list. It's like, you know, I'm here for you. If you need anything, just ask. I'm praying for you. Uh, you and your family are in my thoughts. Um, I can't yeah. stop thinking about you and your family. Um, I don't know what to say is a perfectly acceptable <laughs> yes, thing to say. It's true. Because, yes. because it's Because it's genuine and it's true. And, and like yeah. I said, the most important thing is just saying I love you. I'm here for you and I love you. So, Perfect. I think that, you know, going simple and then letting them take the lead. And as you said, uh, Roberta, you can't fix people. It's not a this isn't something where you're you you need to fix them. I know we all have a a desire to to fix people. I mean, that that's the idea is that, you know, I want to be right. I want to be supportive. I want to be there for you. But very often it's setting back and letting them take that lead and then just holding your hand. You've you've helped a lot of people who are in this position. Do you find that there are some that there are some standard things, or is it 
different for each person to go through this. There are there the, some of the similarities. The the most common thing that I hear from a newly bereaved parent is, um, especially if they if they've gone down the path of they, they've gone to helping parents heal, they've looked up caring listeners, they've reached out to me, or they've read my book and they reach out to me. Is I just want to know that they're okay. Is the yeah. is the single the most common thing that I've heard, and if they've read my book, they say I want to have the relationship that you have, and yes, the, the um and and so what I do is I say look you know let's walk through the things that are preventing you from having that relationship, you know what's what is an obstacle for you being able to do that, and that's where you start to explore things like you know well I've got this belief system that says this. I know deep down, you know, that you can sense that they're a materialist. They don't they don't expressly say yeah, that, but that's right. They're, yeah. they're well rooted in the physical and as a result have a materialist perspective on things. And so they can't they have a difficult time seeing beyond that. And and that those are actually some of the more interesting ones for me, you know, from a challenge standpoint, because there's so much information that is available to people that, that, you know, you could even look at the spirituality works that are out there and say, well, that's, you know, that's, that's a different catering to that. But if you go to University of uh, Virginia's um, uh, Division of Perceptual Studies and look at the extraordinary wealth of reincarnation, near-death experiences, the the material that they've collected at a, using scientific method over the years is staggering. And so the idea that consciousness can survive physical death is fundamental to having a left brain skeptic be able to yes. exploit that. If you yeah. can flip that switch, if you can if you can expose that consciousness can survive physical death, then it opens the door and then it then it allows people to be able to walk through and say, okay, well, then if that's true, then yes. what else is there? Then you can start to have that really meaningful that's thing. Lovely. So I, if I found one bridge to cross, it's that. Uh, that's beautiful. I want to make sure we mention Helping Parents Heal and its activities. Are you doing a conference this year? I don't we be, we had a conference all set up for last year and then we ended up having to cancel it because of uh, the pandemic and that's right. currently on hold we're, we're we've got to wait until uh, we start getting out of uh, the the kind of uh, isolation that we're all in right now but we are very active on uh, on the Facebook group that we have we have regular zoom meetings we bring in a lot of uh, spiritual teachers. Um, there's just a ton of resources. A lot of parents uh, are collecting. So in, in some ways, helping parents heal is, is as strong as it ever has been because a lot of the uh, meetings that we used to hold in person, you know, the local groups, even those are not. Yes. Able to meet. So Zoom has become our life that <laughs> we, we yes, use a for lot. A lot of is the case. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, now, but, you know, so yes. if someone was looking for you uh, for, for Helping Parents Heal, what's the website? It's helpingparentsheal.org, O-R-G. And uh-huh. uh, from there, any you know, there there's uh, the resources are right at the top of the menu bar. Um, we do have an active Facebook group. There's There are literally thousands of members of that Facebook group. And um, we have some very, very dedicated 
uh, parents that are very involved. And and again, yes. this is you, you will not find a more loving and caring environment. Um, the the common trait that I've seen with people that have gone through this experience and have uh, endeavored to to kind of use this as an opportunity to explore their spirituality, explore you know uh, having a relationship with their child, continuation of consciousness. The common thread that I've seen is this incredible compassion and um, loving nature. And yes. uh, that, that seems to be so consistent. I, ironically, and I know you've you've talked about it before, you know, people that have had near-death experiences and the way that they approach life after having had that is dramatically different. And yes. similarly, parents that have used this class of grief as an opportunity for growth uh, can have, can be profoundly changed in it. We're coming, I can't believe how fast this went, but we're coming near the end of our time together. And I just want to make sure you get to say what you most want people to take away from our conversation today. It's going to be okay. It doesn't matter what happens. It's going to be okay. If people can go through and figure out doesn't matter what challenge they're faced with that that you move forward from there and we're all faced with challenges everybody is experiencing the pandemic everybody is experiencing challenge in their lives right now yes there's right. not one of us i mean you live in texas you know the challenges you've just recently oh my had. goodness uh, it was we, the depth of winter last week this week <laughs> it's summer i mean what, what happened there it was I, amazing it's crazy but my, I, I think the, the most important thing is, is that we all uh, get challenges handed to us, but That's we're right. only handed the challenges that we can overcome. And we can overcome anything that challenges us. Anybody can do this. This is not unique to any one individual. Um, it is a it is something that, that we do, and sometimes we do it with the help of other people. It might require uh, doctors that can help you, you know, uh, at a at a psychiatric level or a, a psychology level to move through to get that kind of therapy that you need. It might be right. having the right community, the right people. It might be the right spiritual teachers. A lot of the things that you have been doing for so many years. There's so many resources available to find a way to to overcome the challenges that you have. Um, I, I think that's the most important message I'd I'd love for people to know is that it, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. That's beautiful. That's thank you for that. That's really beautiful, because it really everyone can can learn and grow from whatever's happening now, and it will get better. It will be yes. okay. I love it that. It will be okay. Findingdavy.com is where you talk about him and your experiences and all of that. But you also have. Um, DavidAllison.com. You're sort of rich in, in websites. What, what, what is that one about? Uh, that actually was originally one of my tech blogs, and um, I, it had gone dormant. Uh, I had not written on it in a while, and I used it to write a few things to help parents as I was uh, kind of exploring the book and talking about the book and and allowing people to, to kind of gain access to uh, – you know, kind of the perspective of a of a parent that, you know, we we talk about grieving parents and then we talk about in at helping parents heal, we talk about shining light parents. Uh, those oh, are those yes, parents that, that have been able to kind of 
move past the the physical aspects of grief. You know, will always I will always carry uh, some element of that grief with me. But the right. ability to create a rich, beautiful, dynamic life, you know, after what is arguably the most uh, challenging um, thing that a person can face, uh, and, yes. and if you can do that then you can get past anything it, you really can. It's, it's just, it's part of the journey. You know, it's, a, we're only here for this brief period of time. And, and it's like, how do you want to show up and how do you want to, how do you want to hand, how are you going to handle the challenges that you're faced with? And um, so I use that blog to, to share a little bit of that as well. We'll give we'll give you all the um, websites, everyone in the in the materials. Uh, one of the things I and and we really have to sort of wrap it up, but it it just occurs to me to say one of the things I, I notice about people who have gone through this is that they do become opened, become softer in some ways, but tougher at the same time. There's a um, Brian Smith is my very good friend. He's also mm. a wonderful dad at with uh, with uh, helping parents heal and yeah. i've watched him grow so much i mean there is so much growth that can come to you and at the same time you 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 don't become you, you become softer and nicer i nicer is probably the best way to put it um gentler sweeter people i, I it amazes me but it, it really does to seem to do that for people in the end it's so hard not get to the have the rest of our lives yeah. yeah it's hard not to have compassion uh, and and uh, I think the most uh, probably the thing that I've uh, divested myself of was judgment. Um, it's, yes, it's like just let that go. <laughs> There's no that it has zero value. Um, yes, you know. yes, that, that's right. It's a, it's certainly an education, a, a spiritual education, maybe beyond anything else. Which uh, we would never want it, but it's a gift still, and and mm-hmm. it's a gift that that can really help people to make the most of this lifetime my dear will you please consider yourself to be hugged it's so good to talk to you again (laughs) i love talking to you (laughs) we have fun yes but i'm sorry we have come to the end of our time so just briefly this has been seek reality with roberta grimes i'm so glad you were with us today please never forget that you are a powerful eternal being you never began and you never will ever end and when you really get what that means it does change everything in your life for the better Next week, we're going to be talking with Michael Sandler, who is the host of the Inspire Nation show, a very popular spiritual and self-help podcast and YouTube channel. He does YouTube, too. I tell people I I don't do YouTube because I have a great pace for radio, and somehow that joke has gotten old. But um, but Michael is does a lot of things. He's an author. He's a speaker, entrepreneur, co-creator of the Inspire Nation University and the Automatic Writing Experience online course. He's just a one-man band. And he has a lot of experience, too, uh, as, a, as a life coach. Um, he calls it the Open Hearted Warrior Program. He's done everything. But he'll be with us to talk about something which I think is terrific. It's called the Automatic Writing Experience. He wrote a book called AWE, A-W-E, The Automatic Writing Experience, How to Turn Your Journaling into Channeling to Get Unstuck, Find Direction, and Live Your Greatest Life. When I write, I'm, I'm channeling. It turns out I can't even read a sentence unless I'm channeling. Uh, usually it's my spirit guides. I didn't realize that till later. It's so humiliating to have to say that, but I, I can't write at all, but they can. So I, that's, that's all set. Now, what, what, 
Michael Sandler does is to he, this terrific book helps you understand how you can become a channeler too. Talk to your guides, talk to your, the people no no longer in bodies, and really grow spiritually. I I think it's a great program, and I think you're going to love it. So please do join us next week. Today we've been talking with my wonderful friend David Allison. He's been with us for the fourth time, and he will be back. Most of our returning guests, by the way, are people. Our listeners have praised to me. So please know that when you tell me you enjoyed this or that, one of our guests, I'm going to be paying attention. David is a successful entrepreneur who was just beginning to bring his only son into his business when on July 20, 2016, Davy Allison died in a car crash at the age of 24. And he told his father that was his planned time, which is what they all say, these these wonderful, magical children. And it's still hard to believe, but nevertheless, that's what they say. His book is called Finding Davy, David Allison's book. And... Frankly, I think it's the best of its genre. I think it uh, it's an easy read. It's not a long book. It really helps you understand what it's like to go through this horrible experience with your family and come together and be stronger. And now he's this beautiful man that he is today. So I recommend the book very highly. He also is is part of Helping Parents Heal, which I recommend if you have the need for it or a friend of yours does, Helping Parents Heal is the place to go. They're warm, they're loving, they're wonderful, and they really do help people. You can find David Allison at findingdavy.com, and uh, he's happy to help. If you need him, he's there. Now, as you know, my nonfiction books are liberating Jesus, my Thomas, the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever, the fun of living together, and soon the fun of loving Jesus, embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. I think it really will come out this year. It's been ready for several years, but my guide always said it wasn't time to put it out. He's sort of such a taskmaster, honestly. There's also a children's book called The Fun of Meeting Jesus with beautiful illustrations. You can order all my books through bookstores or on Amazon.com, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about anything, anything at all, just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Make sure you give me the right email address, and it can take a few days because I get a lot of emails, but I, I'm, it's very important to me to answer you. I will answer you. Um, past episodes of Seek Reality are available at webtalkradio.net, which is our home station and a whole lot of other places too. And there's an app in the iTunes app store for free where you will cons- just get every episode each week as they are, they are put out. Um, never forget that they're also on Sunday. There is a blog post. If you subscribe to it, you can, it'll come to your inbox. If you don't, just come over on Sunday to robertagrimes.com and help us talk about some of the most amazing and beautiful things in the world. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the whole universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.